I was uh, brought up Lutheran. Went to the Lutheran church. We went to Sunday school and church every Sunday. Mom was Catholic. Dad was Lutheran. So it was an interesting time just getting us to a church. And uh, there was uh, conflict there continually. Uh, going through the church, uh, Lutheran church has a confirmation, as do many other churches, I'm sure. Faith does as well as others. And... Uh, Unfortunately, during the confirmation, that's one of the things where you are, you know, confirming that you're giving your life to the Lord. And, and at that time, I just went through the words. I, I didn't believe at the time. I knew God was out there, but uh, it just was words. It didn't really mean anything to me at the time. Unfortunately, they, I guess they didn't impress that enough or God wasn't ready for me yet. <laughs> I went through all that. That was like in junior high. Then we went through high school, and I graduated high school. Went through some really ornery years there. Uh, I had joined the workforce at age 16, and unfortunately, uh, the managers at the store had some wonderful parties back in the stock room that really a 16-year-old shouldn't have been participating in, but they didn't know how to stop me from telling the manager other than get me involved. So uh, I started with some orneriness there. Went to college at OSU, then optometry college. Uh, studied a lot, drank a lot of beer. On weekends, <laughs> studied during the week. Uh, got kind of it was kind of wild. I met Debbie, and that was uh, after in my second year, her first day on campus at Ohio State, and. Uh, she impressed me much more than the girl that I was currently engaged to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eventually I impressed her enough than the man that she was engaged to, too. So it was, uh, right, Mark? 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 I can't Mark? remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark was in my optometry college with me in my class. Uh, I broke off the previous engagement within weeks or months. Uh, didn't, a church, didn't attend church, obviously I wasn't being good at the time. Graduated optometry school. Uh, during my senior year, we had our first son, John. Uh, went through several work experiences, two more children, uh, and that was by the time we moved to Finlay. The goal in optometry was to start my own business, which we did for after moving to Finley and working for someone else. We had a, I had a, an experience with the people I was working with in Finley and they were doing some things that weren't kosher and I said, you know, either fix it or I'm gone. So I said, okay, goodbye, because they weren't going to fix it. We opened our business in March of 1987. We got our first tax bill, April 14th, and our first lab bill, April 14th. Each of them were $16,000. Yeah. Uh, I already had a $198,000 loan out. I had spent all that money trying to open up. And we didn't have $32,000. So that's kind of how my business started out, way in the hole. Uh, so, you know, that's just the way it started. Uh, this was just the beginning, though. <laughs> it got worse. Uh, Come to find out, you know, I mean, as we went through business uh, those first several months, we didn't make enough money really to pay for the loans and all that, so we just kept getting deeper and deeper in debt. 
got really, really difficult. It got so difficult. I had gotten to the point at age 30. Sorry, this is tough for me. <laughs> where I had considered suicide. That was difficult. Um, obviously, I didn't do it. Labor Day weekend that year, we visited Mom and Dad in Dover, Ohio. And my sister Patty was there. She had been, throughout our lives, this goody two-shoes is kind of how we, we put it. She was a born-again Christian, and she tried to talk everybody into doing the same thing. And my wildness, etc., was anti that at the point. Uh, she's just pushing and pushing and pushing. And she pushed me again that weekend. And I thought, man, I'm sick and tired of this. Tell you what, I'll make you a deal. I'll listen to you if you will make this the last time you ever bother me with this. And that's how I put it. I didn't, I didn't want to be bothered by it anymore. And she agreed. So we went back into one of the back rooms of mom and dad's house. She opened her mouth to talk and God himself spoke to me. It was still her voice, but the words pierced my heart and my being. I was convicted of sins, and I promptly committed to making Jesus my Lord and Savior. She helped lead me through that. I was changed in an instant, and have not been the same person ever since. My thoughts changed. I began to think and have how I could please him. Debbie noticed the difference in me, even on the way home that day. I tried to get her to see what happened, that she should give her life as well. I pushed and pushed. For two years, we had lots and lots of difficulties over this. God finally made it clear to me that I should not be pushing her. I couldn't change her. Only he could change her. So I left her alone, and after about two years, she did give her life. In that time, I asked God, why me? Why did you choose me? And he answered that through a scripture that I had read, and that was Genesis 18, 19. And the reason that that was, was it was a statement about Abraham. He asked God, why? And God said, because you would tell your children about me. So that's why he brought me. And that's why I've been on you guys, my boys, uh, all these years and trying to set an example. Um, lost my place. Okay. I was 30 years old when I did this, and I was way behind getting to know him. So I, I prayed that the Holy Spirit would give me a hunger to obey and learn more about him and, and want to read the Bible. That's a prayer he will answer, and he will answer big time, and he did for me. In the next three months, I read the New Testament five times, read through the whole Bible straight through. Uh, that was illuminating. I continued to read at home, between patients, at work, even got an audio Bible that I had listened to on the way to work, and I started listening to Christian radio while I was examining patients anytime I could. 
My mother saw I had changed, and she got me a daily Bible, which I have been reading ever since. Every single day, it's like breakfast to me. It's, it's better than the food breakfast. And if I don't get it read, I don't feel right the rest of the day. So maybe only once or twice a year do I ever miss that. And I encourage any and everybody to read the Bible every day. <clears throat> the business struggled. Uh, I went through some bad times. As, even though I accepted the Lord, there were difficulties. And that's how he makes you grow. I learned that through time. Uh, Debbie saw the problems that I was having. She called in a pastor friend of mine to get me through some of those really difficult times. And between the two of them, they got me through. I've probably, with all this reading, so far been through the Bible about 35 times. So, uh, and I feel very, very blessed through that. And uh, God prompts me all the time. Uh, he'll put his word in me. An interesting story about that, shortly after Debbie gave her life, she wanted to be baptized, as I had been. I, I did get baptized, full immersion, and stating her public commitment to Jesus. Four of the five boys did the same thing at the same time. Uh, I was really impressed with that. Now, Mike was only like two or three years old, so he couldn't really make a decision. He couldn't hardly talk. Uh, that's just the way it is. <clears throat> David uh, was only five. And this is one of the most impressive things that I got out of this. The pastor, the boys, David said he wanted to do it too with the other boys because he had made that commitment. And I said, no, pastor, he's only five years old. He can't do that. He, he can't make that decision. The pastor argued with me. And then this, this was the strangest thing. God put in my head a voice that said, hinder not the little children to come to me. That told me something. I was wrong. He was right. So I allowed that to happen. Mike, I'm really proud of Mike. He made his own decision. At age 12, he got baptized. So I'm very fortunate. All my children have come to the Lord and have followed him and continue to follow him. Very proud of each and every one. You too, Paul. Didn't mention your name. <laughs> of course, Bill, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, God has been infusing knowledge and wisdom to me through his word. Uh, he's also helped me through other things. I had a mentor that uh, one of my employees introduced me to, I don't know, some of you might know Joe Farkasty, uh, might not, but we had breakfast once a week for like five or six years, and he helped me through understanding some of my reading that I didn't understand, helped me through prayers, et cetera, et cetera, and he was a blessing. I went on the Emmaus walk. That was also a blessing. I had some interesting things through that, uh, God actually gave me a vision while I was praying for one of the other members in the Emmaus group that I will never forget, and I just won't go over right now because uh, it's too much time. <laughs> but uh, he answers prayers, believe me, uh, and really surprised you. Through that, I met another fellow named, I don't know if you know Mark Olson. 
He's a local guy here. He was involved with the prayer walk, with the Emmaus walk at that time. He was one of the leaders. And we had breakfast clear up until, I mean, that was back when I was 31 years old. And we've had breakfast every week until COVID hit. And that kind of broke things up a little bit. We intend to eventually get back at it, but we haven't so far. Uh, that also is a blessing. So if you have somebody to share it with, somebody to be an accountability partner, good deal. His word has allowed me to see and perceive things going on in our world that others just could not perceive. God has privileged me with leading several others to him, which has really blessed my soul as well. I start every day now with reading my Bible, participate in men's Bible study weekly, attend church regular, and try to touch everyone around me somehow for him. I've actually had other, some pastors and people like that wonder why I always have some sort of thing on me that makes a difference, I think, that tells people, look, think about God. Uh, if you've come to my office, you'll see my office, it's all over the place. I don't even have to say it. They see it, they know it. And I encourage any and everybody, any way you can, if you're a born-again Christian, advertise God. <laughs> that's, that's our job here. We're supposed to bring other people. Uh, I'm in the family now. If you've given your life, you're in the family. And we need to increase our family. That's what we're supposed to do. So do that. Uh, let's see here where I'm at. I'm not perfect, okay? I mean, I'm, I slip and and fall, and it's very difficult. I know that God, however, I may not always be faithful, but God is always faithful. He will always be there for you. All you have to do is say, I give up. You take charge, and he does. He will take care of you. Uh, some of the big lessons that I've got through this, and oddly enough, they're the words of Jesus. Worship God and him only. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two most important commandments, according to Jesus. This includes bringing others into the family so that they will not perish. If you've not given your life to Jesus and made him your Lord and Savior, you are going to perish. That's a hard message to hear, but you need to hear it. If you have given your life, thank God for you. Uh, we will be there together. And with all that's happening in the world now, it's even more and more vital that we get this underway because things are happening. If you read your Bible big time, you will see the things that are happening today and yesterday and will happen tomorrow. He is so close to coming back for us for the rapture and we will be taken out of this mess and be with him. And that is a forever blessing. We want others to be with us. I don't want anybody that I know to miss out on that. Uh, let's see. If you, okay, I already said that. The way to do it, if you haven't done it, is you need to admit that you are a sinner, <clears throat> as I am. You need to admit and believe that Jesus Christ came to this world in the flesh died for your sins and for mine. He died for 
everybody's sins. You have to accept that. You have to believe that. If you don't, you don't come in. Once you've accepted him, he accepts you into the family. You need to proclaim to somebody else that you have done it. Once you've done that, you are in the family, and you will be taken with him when he comes. Whether you've already died in the flesh, or whether you're still alive, he will take you with him. And that's our blessed goal, is to be in his presence. And I'd encourage any and everybody to do that. If you have questions about that, I would be happy to talk to you afterwards. Bill would be happy to talk to you. Guess who would be able to like to talk to you? Anybody who's done it would be happy to talk to you, I'm sure. Uh, we enjoy having you in that family. Remember that you cannot earn this salvation. It's a free gift from God. doesn't matter how good a person you think you are or how many good things you do and never did a bad thing in your life. We were born sinners, and we have to come to him. Thank you again for allowing me this privilege of being able to speak to you about my Lord. Amen. Amen.